Did we just hit a speed bump or was that George Michael? Answer me this, answer me this. Can I eat baby pandas if I recycle? Answer me this, answer me this. Helen and Ollie, answer me this. Unsurprisingly, our discussion of the semantics of the word dickbag have stimulated some very thoughtful and thought-provoking <laughs> debate amongst our listeners this week, Ollie. Absolutely unsurprisingly. I'd say it's pretty much a high watermark for popular culture. <laughs> and the English language. You'd expect that intellectual stimulation to uh, ensue. Yes, that's right. Uh, many people have suggested that the word is something to do with douchebag, which I don't buy at all as an explanation. Maybe they're thinking D-bag. And people think dick is more pleasant than douche. Yeah, I saw a person called Chris on our website said they thought a corruption of douchebag. So what they're saying is sort of maybe in a way accidentally it may have originally someone may have said uh, dickbag instead of douchebag. I'm, I'm not sure I really go with this explanation either from Bruce who says surely it's a reference to the phrase go suck a bag of dicks, i.e. a whole bunch of dicks. Whether or not still attached to their protagonists is unclear. Protagonists. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not sure that that is a solid enough phrase in the canon. I think that's a phrase that is subject to quite a lot of variation it's an obscure image certainly no one remembers the moment in dickens where micawber goes off to uh, (laughs) buy himself a bag of dicks but i think the most plausible uh variation on what we said uh is this one shared by many but uh, espoused most professionally by eileen from new jersey who says I've always thought of dick bag as a condom a Uh, filthy used one to be exact the thing is a used condom that's more of a sleeve a wet disgusting sleeve than it is a Mm. bag i would say it doesn't have an entrance aperture at both ends. Does a sleeve need an aperture at both ends? Well, otherwise you can't get your arm and yeah. hand out. Unless it's got a built-in mitten. Yeah, you're right. The, the whole the whole function of a sleeve is entirely mitigated by the function of a condom, isn't so, it? So, actually, a condom, in your analogy, Ollie, is more like an opera glove, which is like a sleeve with a glove attached, effectively. Yes, but you can see why no one said an opera glove of dicks. <laughs> I can't. That's a lovely collective name, though, isn't it? I think, I think what we're doing is classing up the, the term dickbag with uh, thoughts of opera. Anyway, those of you who like us for our more cerebral work, do come back. Chris from Hunstanton says, Helen, answer me this. How do they change the light bulbs in university lecture halls? Well, they are a good lecture, aren't they? That's <laughs> someone who's really interested this in is, proceeding. Yeah. This is a sign of someone in full recline, barely keeping their eyes open, isn't it? Yeah. Actually, there is something that I do sometimes in concert halls when I go to a really boring work of classical music, and I realise within the first ten minutes or so that I'm going to be bored for the next two and a half hours, what I do is I actually ration the architectural features of the room. <laughs> so I'm like, okay... I could look at the ceiling. There's a very ornate ceiling in this uh, in this musical theatre. Mm. Don't look up now. Save that. Save that. Save that for the second half. Yeah. Start yeah. by looking at the orchestra. Then maybe look down people's tops in the stalls. Yeah. But don't do that until we're at least half an hour in. What about the carpet? Yeah, the carpet is a good one to save for the encore. Yeah. I mean, that is the thing that is missing, isn't it, from uh, musical entertainment very often is something yeah. to look at. Like the Royal Festival Hall. I mean, that's all very 60s and sparse, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You need to take a picture book with you, Ollie. The only time I've been to the Royal Festival Hall actually was to watch the orchestra, I think it was the London Symphony Orchestra, accompanying a silent film. Right. So that satisfied the thing perfectly. Which silent film? Slightly boring one. I think it was Faust. It's surely only a matter of time before Tim Burton reimagines Faust with Johnny Depp, isn't it? Oh, no. What do you reckon? Five years? They're going to do that, aren't they? Danny Elfman soundtrack, 3D. See, that could be all right. If yeah, you probably hadn't gone so Dark rubbish. Shadows was quite good, but you're just like, I get it, you're gothic, move on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're a bit gothy, Tim Burton, I get it. You get it, you only like working with Johnny Depp and your wife. But. Maybe they're the only people that will work with him. A change is as good as a holiday. <laughs> anyway, the light bulbs. Oh, yes, yeah. Well, it really depends on the height of the building and, I suppose, their resources, because I think uh, if, if you're at a 
a well-financed university, they'd probably got like a sort of cherry picker type thing or scaffoldy tower ladder thing. Yes, cherry pickers are yeah. great for changing light bulbs in oh. tall institutions. Yes. I mean, even if your ceiling is just eight feet, why not? Why not? Treat I, yourself. You can get these kind of extendable light bulb changes if your ceiling's up to about 35 feet which is like a suction thing that grabs onto the light bulb so you can twist it out and then put another one in but i think unless you're very skilled at it you're waving around a really long flexible thing with a breakable glass object on the end that you're trying to get into a really small fissure but it's really no surprise that uh, often when you're in a tall ceiling place a lot of the lights are not working I've never really noticed that, but you could be right. But what about, like, supermarkets? Mm. Lights are always working there, and that's a tall building. They're all fluorescent, but they've probably got cherry pickers. Yes, they probably have. I guess if you're a chain of supermarkets, then you can afford to have someone whose only job is to go around all the different supermarkets changing the lights. Yeah, I think... They don't even need to work for that specific branch. Economies of scale only, man. Yeah, that's right, Can you imagine the sexual exploits of that person? They'd be like... (laughs) See you again in two years, love. (laughs) Here's some child support. They just breeze in. They bring light. They bring pleasure. Then they leave. They bring light. It's almost holy, isn't it? Yeah. Would you have any kind of frisson upon meeting a gentleman who was able to take you up a cherry picker? Um, Imagining yourself, and I mean this with no disrespect to people who actually work in supermarkets, imagine yourself as a supermarket night worker. Yeah. Man comes in, all right, love, I'll take you up in the cherry picker. Yes or no? You'd say yes, Yes, wouldn't you? That would be the most exciting thing that happened at work. (laughs) It would be the most exciting thing. (laughs) Imagine being really exhilarating. It's actually a real power trip, isn't it? I've never been up in a cherry picker. No. Now you made me think I'd like to. Um, How many cops does it take to screw in a light bulb? Um, They're probably off doing paperwork or. uh, crime abatement and they've probably got janitors to do that that's right yeah that is the punchline to the classic yeah, joke now the punchline so. is none it turns itself in <sighs> yeah i bet that very rarely happens how many people turn themselves in i think that very much depends what department mm. of police work you're in doesn't it how many psychiatrists does it take to change a light bulb whatever i say you're going to analyze it so i'm not going to answer that hey that's actually pretty good right the accepted punchline mm. uh, is only one but the bulb has to really want to change so true, isn't it? That's quite good. Actually. I think it's quite funny. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think out of all of those memes, all of those old jokes, like it's better than the chicken cross the road. It's better than Doctor Doctor, the light bulb joke. Oh, or knock knock. Knock knock is knock, rubbish. Knock can be really rubbish. That yeah. is the worst. Hi, Alan Molly. It's Linus from Newcross. I am creating for uh, DTA Graphics a Game of Thrones themed card game. But the thing is, my teacher is watching Game of Thrones. And she's only on season one. So should I avoid spoilers for her sake or do what I actually want to do? I think that's quite thoughtful of him, really, to think of her needs. I think, let's be honest, teacher's pet here, isn't it? If you're going to the league of not only doing a Game of Thrones card game in your class, but actually which you know the teacher likes as well. You know how much of it the teacher has seen. Yeah, Unless she's actually, the kind of teacher who's like, oh, I went to bed really late last night because I was watching episode three of Game of Thrones, kids. <laughs> Do you think there's a credibility thing there in Game of Thrones? Is it cool in the schools? I think it's probably just doing any activity that one of your pupils can identify with. Yes. Seems cool. Yeah, and that's actually quite a useful technique, isn't it, probably, for teachers? Just finding one, because you want to be in charge, don't you? But just having one thing they can identify with. And you don't want it to be too implausible, like breakdancing. I would suspect, therefore, that if you're actually being considerate enough uh, to to tailor your game around the episodes your teacher has seen, then you're already teacher's pet, and it makes no difference. So go ahead and spoil the episode. Since you seem to be teacher's pet anyway, could you say to her, look, I want to do this project, it will be incredible, but I don't want to spoil your enjoyment. You know, I'm willing to sacrifice my grades... What do you think I should do? Yeah. Ask her if it's okay for you to do spoilers. And I think she'd say, as a Game of Thrones Automatic devotee... Automatic A minus! Absolutely. Even if you make these cards, will they necessarily spoil all of the narrative? Because I understand that Game of Thrones, which I have not seen, is very 
large cast and there are lots of uh, different plots and yeah. it's like covering this huge overarching uh, empire yeah. of thrones doesn't appeal to me too cloaky ollie too cloaky cloaky yeah go on a lot of cloaks oh actually just featuring cloaks yeah it's the sort of thing i should probably be really into but that's got dragons in it but it's all the made-up <laughs> words isn't it it's, it's when they're like, oh, we're going to the Lundleth Empire to talk the, to Lord... Flethnach. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's what I didn't... To save the Ubalar people. It's just like, oh, for fuck's sake. If I to... wanted that, I'd read Alan Garner books. Yeah, it's what I didn't like about uh, Harry Potter. The made-up animals and plants. Oh. See, no, I quite uh, like it in Potter. I'll tell you the difference. Hypocrite. It's, <laughs> that's one of the characters, isn't it? <laughs> what I like about Potter... Half man and half liar. <laughs> what I like about Potter is that you're seeing it from the perspective of the child going into school and you grow up. Exactly. With him, it's like Enid Blyton. So you learn along with him. Yeah. Whereas Game of Thrones seems like something that, right from the beginning, I'm an outsider. But actually, Linus, I think we might be hitting upon the answer here. From everything I know about Game of Thrones fans, it would be appropriate to have spoilers in there because it yeah. shows a level of knowledge yeah. that is mm. about blocking out people like me who might want to adopt it and get into it late. Uh, right. Well, here's a question that makes me itchy just thinking about it. Uh-huh. Uh, it's from Stacy from Plymouth. Always makes me itchy that name, Stacey. No, not really. That's, this is the, it's what she asked that makes me itchy. Oh, I thought you were itching to get back on the Plymouth ferry that was so entertaining for free. <laughs> uh, she says, uh, Helen answered me this. Why are head lice more commonly referred to as nits? Do they wear tiny jumpers? Well, that's just silly, isn't it? Because nits, <laughs> as you've written it in your email, Stacey, it's not even spelt the same as knit, as in uh, yeah, render K-M. yarn into garments oh, with a K. Yeah. yeah. It's because knit is from the old English knitu, which meant, <laughs> which meant knit. Say that again. Knitu. I think that's my new ringtone. Isn't it funny how there's almost a nostalgia to knit eggs? Nope. Not for me. No, no really isn't. Do you, oh, not, okay. do you remember knits? Oh, they're so eighties. No, that's exactly how I think about they're it. They're not I, like fucking frazzles, Ollie. Come on, they're disgusting. No, but, but does, yeah, they are disgusting. But doesn't it make you think of school? You yes. say the word knit, you don't encounter it in adult yeah. life unless you're a mm. parent. But I'm not nostalgic about school at all. Okay, well, perhaps mm. I'm misappropriating the word nostalgia. Yeah, okay. But what I mean is, retro. it brings. Yes, it's retro. <laughs> and yeah. yet it's current. But it only yeah. happens when you're a child. I suppose as well that the word knit is funny. It sounds nicer for children yes. whose heads are typically infested with them yeah. than it does to say, oh, you've got a head full of blood-sucking mini-beasts. Also, nits, you know, it's the kind that enjoy to live in children's hair. Yeah. Uh, whereas lice, several different types of uh, pest. Yes, of course. Lice is the sort of umbrella term, isn't it? Yeah, so the term nit, I suppose, has become very specifically that kind of uh, creature. Yeah, fair enough. Oh, well, I once almost ruined a girl's life, but only for about six months. Just once? Um, <laughs> I'm talking specifically about an encounter with Nits, so it's just one girl um, at school. And this girl, anyway, leant down to look into her exercise book in front of me, and I saw... In my mind, it's like an inch long, but it was probably only half a centimetre, but it was a no, big knit. Come on, it was probably the size of a turkey. <laughs> no, but it was much bigger than you'd think, well, and it intense. crawled in her hair, and I screamed like a girl, and... She was like, what, 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 what's in my hair? And I said, you've, you've got nits. And then she just became like... Knit girl. Nitty McNit for the rest of the year, oh. yeah. If you've got a question, email your question. To answer me at this podcast, gmail.com. Answer me at this podcast, from Luke from Norwich who says I've been reading some John le Carre books between the spying the men sometimes head to gentlemen's clubs where the upper classes drink and act stuffy and reserved mm. Ollie answers me this do these clubs still exist and who goes to them uh, 
sexist, basically. Really? Yeah. I mean, the gentlemen's clubs, as it, what's kind of confusing is the word gentlemen's club obviously now is used to mean lap dancing club as well. But let's take those associations out of it because he means very specifically things like the East India Club and the Cavalry Club and that kind yeah. of thing. Um, two or three of those are still men-only establishments. Yeah, I think the East India Club used to give discount membership to the uh, male uh, graduates of my school. Yes, well, so the East India Club is one that is only open, I think, to people who have been to the right public schools. Oh, oh. Which is weird. I mean, it is a weird... I don't even mind the idea that a club might focus its membership on a certain social group that can afford the membership. Why? Because those people will get along when they're all hanging out in the billiard room. No, because I can sort of understand that if you're someone who's on a million pounds a year or you're a celebrity, you're going to feel more comfortable in an environment where other people around you earn the same. It wouldn't be my choice, but I can understand why people want that. Yeah, and also the clubs did uh, evolve with people uh, aligning according to their political beliefs or their interests. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But what I find odd is, whilst it's sort of part of our capitalist system that you could become part of that group, Mm. you just can't go if you haven't been to the right school. Seems bizarre. Or if you've got a vagina... But most of them have now accepted people with vaginas. That's, There's only a few that's that very haven't. broad-minded of them. I think the whole thing's pretty disgusting, isn't it? I mean, I take your point about people wanting to hang out with people Arsons. like them. But that, that's just that, you know, you can argue that's a human trait, but it's not a very healthy one to encourage and explicitly codify in that way. Well, hold on. I mean, there is a purpose to these establishments. Uh, a, there's the social thing, it's which, you, which you're discrediting. Fine. Yeah. But B, there is just the thing that initially these are mostly in london these clubs and they were there because gentlemen around the uk would be coming to london on business and need somewhere to stay and need somewhere to be during the day between meetings when they came up to london they'd actually live there for a couple of years but that's that's not why they started though that they started uh, so that people could gamble Mm. so it wasn't just to act as a hotel and then um they became really popular with uh, the advent of uh, universal male suffrage uh because uh, you know, they had quite a political aspect as well, and people would go there to talk politics. And in the 19th century, when more people were able to talk politics, it was a huge expansion in the gentlemen's clubs. So it wouldn't have just been poshos then. So one of them, the, the Reform Club, hmm. still, you could only be a member of the Reform Club if you're someone who supports the Reform Act of 1832. Oh, what an act. What a great act. <laughs> I mean, I've looked through it on Wikipedia. It seems fine. Adrian, it was one of the sort of interesting points what, of history level. It? It's just sort of, you know, yeah, more suffrage, more voting, no, and, no, no. you know, not so much about landowners and rotten boroughs. I mean, good, yeah, you know. Yeah. But now, not necessarily the most relevant question to ask, is it, do you support the Reform Act of 1832? Does it affect me? No, then fine. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah, I exactly. do. You'd say yes, wouldn't you? You'd yeah. say yes, even if you didn't. Even if you thought, oh, I wish it was just landowners who had the vote, you'd lie so that you could get into their swimming pool. And then how much, I wonder, does it cost to be a member of one of those sorts of clubs anyway? Somewhere between £500 and two grand a year, <sighs> usually. Obviously, most people don't have that amount of money to spare, mm. but that's probably how much it costs for like a football season ticket or... Yeah. or actually just joining a gym. After or, I mean, that's yeah, the yeah, interesting yeah. thing, is it? Like the, the sort of upmarket personal fitness places have sort of taken the place of these for a lot of people they go there to work out and then they go to these social events and they do end up spending 70 pounds a month on it anyway it was funny though that um these uh, clubs had uh, grown very kind of stale and really were associated with people you know with like big red cheese because they drank so much port yeah uh, and then in the sort of late 90s there started to be the kind of hipster versions where and soho house then opened and mm. all of those home house exactly yeah yeah i think the cobden club another early 19th century one as well was uh, given a revival and they were like oh well kate moss goes to these so they must be good like can you explain to me the point of uh being in one of those clubs now 
Well, okay, so there's, again, well, it's the same point. So this is what I think is interesting about it. I've got a friend who's a hotelier, mm. and he, I remember him saying to me, what's interesting about my industry is it hasn't changed for 2,000 years. 2,000 years? You, know, you can basically go back to the Bible, and you've got the innkeeper, right? I mean, there right. are stories that you, people know what a hotelier is. It's basically the same job, providing a bed for money. Okay, but they have changed a bit, because now you, you expect an ensuite bathroom, That's and right. you get annoyed if you have to pay for Wi-Fi, whereas 2,000 years ago, yeah. both of those things would have seemed a miracle. I think if only someone had opened a Premier Inn in Nazareth, history would have been very different. It would have. But the point is, um, the business is essentially the same. You're providing a bed, providing refreshment yeah um and in that way i think the basis for these gentlemen's clubs is sort of the same as it ever was it's social networking isn't it and it's a place to accommodate yourself between things those are still yeah. things people need mm. I, I every time i've been to century club i've seen russ abbott really that's that's an extra boon that you don't hear people say but if you want to see russ abbott go to the century club. i don't think i'd recognize russ abbott if uh, i fell over him on my way to a toilet <laughs> in a club what if he was wearing a t-shirt that said hello i'm russ abbott and he walked I, up to you and said hi helen i'm russ abbott i would think he was a super fan of russ abbott <laughs> i'm an answer me this fan i listen with my nan she is not so keen she finds it too obscene i follow them on twitter though ashton kutcher's fitter i want to take things further just one step short of murder i want to look like holly man i want to smell like holly man i want to be like holly man i want to chase like holly man i want to look like holly man i want to talk like Listeners, we do so enjoy it when you give us a call and leave us a question by calling this number. 02081235877 Or by Skyping Answer Me This. Doesn't it make us feel absolutely delighted, Ollie? It makes me feel this happy, he says, widening his arms to fill the entire room. And let's hear who has been in touch this week to give us this amount of pleasure. Hello, it's John from London. Helen and Ollie, I was just wondering, what is your take on the recent Coca-Cola advert with all the personalised names on on all the bottles and the tins and things like that? Here's my take. Bullshit. Put that on a bottle. <laughs> Why? Because it's bullshit, isn't it? But it's, the product is still the same. So I, mean, I appreciate you may not like the marketing about it, but if, mm. if I mean, this is the thing that I always think about Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola could have Jimmy Savile advertising it. It would still be the world's most popular drink. It doesn't matter about trends and fashions because it's Coca-Bloody-Cola. Being the marketing director of Coca-Cola is like the easiest job in the world in an established market <laughs> like the UK. Maybe they don't even have one. I just think they're just having a laugh, aren't they? Well, what is the idea behind it? Is it that it'll be like, oh... Well, I'm not called Ashley, but I have a friend called Ashley. I better buy the Coke and give it to Ashley and then look for one for me. It says on the bottle, enjoy a Coke with, and then the person's name. Yeah, because it's all about sharing, isn't it? But mm. I don't enjoy Coke and I haven't drunk one for years. And so... sharing a bottle is rank because of the backwash. Well, you could have two straws. Again, backwash. You could, well, a bottle you could pour into two glasses and then you wouldn't have the backwash. Yeah, but they don't advertise it with the two glasses, Helen. If well, they advertise it with two glasses, with glasses with Helen written on one, Ollie on the other, I'm there. That's their next ruse. But I'm still not <laughs> drinking the Coke because I don't drink Coke. So first, my first reaction is bullshit. My second yeah. reaction is, I don't care. This doesn't touch me at all because no. I don't drink Coke okay, anymore. Okay, right. Well, I do drink Coke. And I similarly think bullshit because it makes no difference. To, I, I'm happy to drink a Coke with Ashley written on it. Don't care. Are you happy to drink a Coke with Ollie, but spelt not the way you spell Ollie on that's it? That's a very crafty question, Helen, because you know that's literally the one example where I'm going to say, of course not. Because you spell it O-double-L-Y. That's right. Not O-double-L-I-E. No. Not O-L-I. No. Not 
O double L E I G H. Oh God, I've never had that one. <laughs> It'll happen now. Slowly. Anyway, yes, anyway, not like any of those. So, so have you drunk a Coke with O double L Y on it? Have they? Have you found one? I haven't. I have to be honest. I I I noticed this campaign from the point of view of the billboard saying share a Coke with James or whatever. Yeah. And in fact, I'd been given a bottle. The first time I came across this was in Covent Garden on a Saturday afternoon. They mm. were doing a promotion, giving away free ones. Mm. And I didn't know this was part of their whole reason. I saw someone with a T-shirt saying colin or something yeah so i said oh hey colin can i have a free coke and he was like sure and then as i walked away i thought is his name really colin or is he just wearing a t-shirt that says colin on it and i didn't realize that the bottles even had names i didn't notice it's only because of this question that i've even noticed that they've got names on are you sure his t-shirt said colin and not cola (laughs) i think so yes the thing is we're all wrong because as it happens this sales ruse is working the reason they're doing it is because they tried it in australia and sales rose by four percent Four? Four percent. That's rubbish. It's not rubbish in Coca-Cola terms. They sell billions of bottles. bottles, Yeah, Yeah, but maybe it's because the population of Australia is growing. Have they cross-referenced the data with external factors? I don't think they stumble into this kind of thing without thinking about it, Helen. I reckon they're onto a winner. And I think the reason might be that we live in this social age. And Mm. I think the point is, even though I find the idea horrifying, and if anyone's done this, please forward the picture on to me so that we can laugh at it. I think the idea might be you pose with your bottle and upload the photo to Facebook. I've seen a lot of these pictures on Facebook, it's true. There you are. And see, they've got 65 million followers on Facebook. Oh. Just people who say, yes, I like Coca-Cola. It's like, well, of course you do. You either like it or you don't like it. I mean, it's like water. I mean, it's just everywhere. (laughs) Why do you even need to express that? Well, it's browner than water and it's a lot stickier if you have a shower in it. But it is omnipresent. Mm. Seems it's not a differential factor, is it? I like Coke. I don't like Coke. Fine. I know nothing more about you now. It's a popular thing. Martin, have you drunk a Coke from a Martin bottle? No, well, the thing is, I like cherry coke. So actually, again, oh, I, I'm, I'm not being a kind of freedom-loving radical. It's just uh, I'm old school. I want the cherry stuff. Well, they, they, I think I'm right in saying you can get the cherry ones with names on as well. Yeah, but cherry coke is much harder to find anyway. That's right. Yeah. It's so the chance of finding your name on it. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Is yeah. Martin in the top 100 popular? Well, names? No, I, I, I like Pepsi Max and Dr Pepper Zero. I mean, I'm really making a rod for my own back there. Mm. If they started naming those, I'd be there all year trying to find it in the supermarket. What if they start having things like your birthday on it instead? <laughs> or just your sexual preferences. That could actually be quite a useful thing, couldn't it? I'm not, just not sure I want to swallow myself. Hello, I'm Emily. And I'm Charlotte. And I'm Anne. And together we are the, the Bronte, Bronte sisters. sisters. I've just been on the moor. Have you? I love the moor. It's so very moorish. I know. Why do we both write questions to answer me this? Good idea. Let's see who gets published first. Okay, I've got one. I've got one. Helen and Ollie, it's me. Uh, it's Kathy. I've come home and I'm so co- o- 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 old. Won't you let me in your window? No! Good all right. My turn. Uh, Helen and Ollie... How did that mad woman get in my attic? Oh, yes, yeah. very good. Right, why don't we go and spend two years working that into a manuscript? Good idea. What about me? Oh, I shouldn't bother, Anne. No one will read yours. Right, well, we are nearly at the end of uh, what will no doubt in future decades be seen as a classic episode of Answer Me This. Uh, or at least it will be classic when we start calling it classic in four years' time when we start selling it. Uh, <laughs> but um, we're ending in a way that perhaps the classic radio series Desert Island Discs does every single week michael from crouch end has written to us to say helen answer me this if you were on desert island discs what would your luxury item be well um because i'm fond of handicrafts and i'd find that very distracting from the fact that i was dying alone on a desert island in presumably a pool of my own piss because what (laughs) desert island has a good hygiene facilities uh i would ask for a lot of cotton prints and needle and thread and scissors so Mm. that i could make some patchwork because i don't often do that in real life 
just curious, would you be listening to your Desert Island Discs? I find, after I've heard a compilation tape that I put together 10 years ago, mm. for one nostalgic hit every 10 years, I don't want to keep listening to it again and again on a loop, even if ma- I love those songs. You don't want to make yourself sick of those songs no. because they're all you have. Although, interestingly, uh, quite a few people have listed as their luxury an iPod full of songs or a jukebox. That I is cheating. That is cheating. Yeah. It's not called Desert Island Playlists, one of many. It seems to be one of the most common things people ask for as their luxury is a piano. And I suppose that's a way of generating more music or because people think, mm. oh, I'd always love to learn the learn piano, the but yeah. I won't have enough time unless I'm stuck on a desert island, unless yeah. you're Alan Rusbridger. I mean, a lot of people say they want to, they want just as much booze as uh, the island can hold, which I think is probably a more sensible approach. Well, I mean, this is dark and I wouldn't say this if ever I was invited onto Desert Island Disc, which I'm sure is not an immediate problem for me. Um, but um, I would seriously consider a suicide pill because I wouldn't want to <laughs> drown to death. Um, but I would want the option to end my own life if I got bored. Right. I like the idea of a desert island, but I suspect after a year, and I, I don't think this is any failing in mm. myself. I don't think it's ignoble. I just think after a year, probably had enough and I'd want to die. Well, also the image of a desert island has got palm trees and stuff on it, but that's not desert. No. I mean, it's tropical, isn't it? What, what you Caribbean. Gonna, I suppose you could have an island that's a bit like a tiny bit of Joshua Tree National Park. Mm. But even so, what are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? Well, the implication that food is provided, otherwise all those luxuries would be, and the music would be completely irrelevant. Oh, but I still hate camping. I wouldn't have a good time. I think what people say on the show, isn't it, is they say, oh, well, there'll be beasts that I can eat, but I'm a vegetarian, and there'll be water that I can drink, and there'll be coconuts that I can drink. It's it's a given that there are food, there's some sort of natural food source, yeah. Right. Uh, But you're right about the sanitation. I mean, that's an issue. Yeah, well, actually, uh, Andy Kershaw, the DJ... Uh, said he would want uh, lots of toilet roll as his luxury, yeah. but that's very you... thoughtful. No, but how are you going to dispose of that hygienically? Well, you don't care, do you? Because you're the only person on the desert. Just wash your bum in the sea, wouldn't you? That'd be mm. fine. Well, yeah, saline. I'd consider having a lifetime supply of antiperspirant, which is odd because a there's no one else there to smell me. Yeah, and people think of antiperspirant as a thing you do for other people. Mm. Um, and b even if you don't like your own natural smell of walking around sweat-drenched, you actually, get it, you get used you? to it, yeah. yeah. But it's the fact that I'd know that that has been what separated me from what I was before I was on the desert island. I think that's such a wasted vote. It's like um, yeah, the, so. the ballerina Darcy Bustle. Her luxury is an eyelash curler. Like, you're on your own. Who gives a shit <laughs> I agree about the straightness of your eyelashes? Although, I might shave in some way. If I could yeah. fashion some sort of scissors. Um, as much as anything for my comfort, because, again, sweaty, isn't Maybe it? Maybe a hair? sharpened shell or rock. David Walliams uh, had a similar, along your lines, suicide pill. His is a gun. That's quite good, isn't it? Because then you can kill other things and yourself with it. I mean, Doesn't it sounds specify bullets, though. You might have to club yeah. things to death this with the, the thing. gun. You need to be specific. You need to you say do. the accessory and the accessory to murder. Yeah, It's like Ruthie Henshall, who uh, is a stage actress... She asked for a very Ollie Man item, mm-hmm. a jar of Hellman's mayonnaise. Now, oh, one, yes. No, but one jar. You could ask for a million jars. Yeah, right? lifetime supply. What's she go- well, yeah, exactly. What's she going to do when that one jar yeah. is run out? And also, could go rancid. She's not got refrigeration. Yeah. She's not got things to put it on. <clears throat> um, maybe she's just planning to sit in the jar of mayonnaise to keep her skin moist. If there was a Hellman spa treatment, I think I'd try yeah. it. Actually, could, would you be allowed... You're not allowed another person, I see. If you no. said massage therapist, that doesn't count? Probably only if it was animatronic. I'd maybe go for that. One that did uh, happy finishes. I know, yeah. I know that you're pretty relaxed on your desert island because you've got fuck all else to do I apart do. from survive. Yeah, I think that'd be very relaxing. Yeah, it could be quite dramatic. I mean, look at Castaway, he's having a great time. Yeah, but you know what I mean. You've got a lot of time to sit and reflect. But nonetheless, a massage is always good. What would your uh, luxury be, Martin? Well, the other one's a guitar. Yeah. That's one, that was my first thought, but actually on reflection, probably pen and paper because you can do more with that. I mean, I could sing to myself and write, write things down, whereas yeah. with a guitar... 
I can't draw pictures and make little... Would it frustrate you that the notes you were taking were only for yourself? No one's going to turn this into a Jeffrey Archer-style prison memoir when you get off the island. Are you aware of my musical career? <laughs> Martin's Good album point. is available at thesoundoftheladies.com. I think the best example of uh, luxury is Simon Cowell's. Would you care to guess what he asked for as a luxury? High-waisted pants. He's, <laughs> no. well, he's known, isn't he, for Black Lou Roll. Was it Black Lou Roll? No. Was it cigarettes? No. Uh, what's else Simon Cowell known for? Narcissism, I'll uh, give you yes. a Was it a mirror? Yes. Was it? It was a mirror. A mirror. That is ingenious. He's never going to get bored. That's a joke about himself, though, Exactly. Isn't it? What a mm. dude. I think that's funny. Well done, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> I <laughs> liked it, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also uh, it would be something to smash and make into sharp shards so he could uh, slit his wrist when he finally got sick of uh, the music that he makes. <laughs> what he's brought upon this world. Anyway, listeners, uh, you can let us know your luxury or you can just ask us a question, if you like, by getting in touch through all the communications means that we keep on our website... Answer me this podcast.com. And if your desert island permitted such luxuries as a laptop and a broadband connection, then one of the things you would certainly want to bring with you is our free love film trial. Good idea. Uh, which you can get by simply clicking the button that says free love film trial on our website. Yes, or answer me this podcast.com slash love, love film, film if you have some kind of button blindness. And listen, I, some of you have been pointing out this is the same trial you can get elsewhere. Yeah, we but... know that. Can you please focus on this crucial difference? You are supporting our show. We get money if you get this free trial. Yes, it's the same as if you went to the Love Film website, but Why they give you... us money. Yeah. Why do you want to give Love Film more money when you could be giving us more money? Exactly. They're owned by Amazon. We're not. We have no money. <laughs> give us money. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, if you're thinking, why should I get this Love Film trial? Let me give you one very good reason. Okay. All of this life is on there. You see, now, I've never seen this you haven't? Should I be investing in that? Well, I don't know what it'd be like to see it for the first time now, because I saw it for the first time when it was broadcast in the mid-90s. Mm. And so now, going back, it is both revisiting me in the mid-90s and what entertainment was like in the mid-90s. And a lot of people do say things like... Come on, it's the 90s. No one drinks champagne anymore. Uh, <laughs> There's a lot of very bold camera work by which they mean no shaky. tripod. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. really like seasick on yeah. an earthquake yeah. type stuff. <laughs> However, I was expecting it to be absolutely unwatchably cringeworthy, but holding up pretty well. The scripting is good, so maybe it is worth you giving a go. So you have been watching it on Love Film. Yeah. How far have you got? Well, I'm only two episodes in because okay. the character called Egg has been talking a lot about Alan Hansen and uh, <laughs> Incy, the footballer. I got a bit irritated after that, but I will I will persevere. And listeners, if you want to retro live tweet along with me, yes. we'll do that sometime. Watch with Helen. Yeah, because they've got Dawson's Creek on there and Party of Five, so I think we could do a lot of 90s uh, live retro tweeting. I'd be up for, um, to be honest, not going to watch Dawson's Creek from the beginning, but no, I'd be but up for an episode. episodes, yeah. Yeah. If I could maybe look on Wikipedia and find the ones that are widely deemed to be classics, yes, okay, let's I would do revisit that. them on Love. We should say as well, by the way, there are like recent box office films on Love Film as well, not yeah. just shit TV shows from the 90s. Exactly. Wide range of content available for you there. Exactly. Uh, so do go and check that out. And also on our website, of course, there are links so that you can buy the Answer Me This app uh, and our previous episodes that are behind the Answer Me This wall of pay, episodes 1 to 120. <laughs> yes. Um, so please do that. That's another way that you can give us money, all of which we appreciate very, very much. But the thing we appreciate most is... Uh, your attention and please return next mm. week to give us another 30 or so minutes of it for answering this 260 yes, please do see you then bye, bye.